0: We say, has everybody had a good week? Yeah. yeah. Hey man, that's getting better. Cause some weeks ago, uh, you know, so you know what? Well, I tell you what, we're going to give you some tools today so that we can, we can, uh, disarm the devil. But first, what I want to talk about, uh, who knows what this weekend we celebrate this weekend, like maybe like Friday. Anybody know what that was? Veterans Day, so I want to just take a minute and just uh, just give a hand clap to anybody that served, men and women that served and that are here today. And also, man, I tell you, that's that's amazing because you know, for them doing and and serving like they do, uh, gives us the privilege and the freedom that we have now. And I never want to overlook that. So if you see somebody in a uniform today or in the next few weeks or any time for that, say, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, and a lot of times I hear people say, well, they signed up for that. You know. Thank the Lord that they did. Amen. Amen. I'm very thankful for that. Because you know what? There's a lot of things going on in our country right now, isn't it? It's kind of crazy out there. Well, you know what? There's a lot of stuff that goes on in each and every one of our lives every day. Uh, we, we talk about wars and rumors of wars. But there's spiritual warfare all the time. So I really felt like we're going to kind of do a two-part message. What we're going to do today is kind of identify some of the strategies of the enemy. All right? And we're going to give you a little piece of that. But you've got to come back next week so you know exactly how to put on that full armor. Okay? So it's a two part message. And uh, not only that, we're going to give you some good eating on the end next week, too. So that's good. All right. So let's take a look at this. What I want to do is kind of uh, unpack a few things today. Everybody's got their handouts, right? And primarily we're going to be in Genesis chapter three. But I want to read a few things here to get us started, uh, see what's going on. I want us to know this is what I was thinking. I was praying how crucial it is to keep our guard up against the attacks of the enemies. And what, what's really amazing is we've been studying on Tuesday nights uh, at our small group that meets here at 7 o'clock. You see how I eased into that? And there's plenty of chairs. There's plenty of room. Always oh, good to have some friends here. It's amazing what God's showing us through that study in Genesis. But, you know, a lot of times we think that, uh, you know, if I was in that garden, I would have I never ate of that fruit, right? Is that what we think? Come on, we eat of the fruit every day. We eat of the fruit every day. So what I want us to do is take a look at this and realize that a lot of his snares and traps that he's using is no different than it was 2,000 years ago. So if we can identify those things, I think it's going to help us combat against the enemy because we have victory in who? Jesus. Amen. So what I want to do is kind of give you a little background of where we are up until now. okay? Because we're going to jump in on chapter 3, but we know God created the earth and the water and the moon and the sun and all these things. And then he created the animals, and he created Adam, and he breathed into Adam, right? Right? He says, let's make him in our image. All right, so y'all still with me? We're kind of getting us up to speed. It's kind of hard to do like 2,000 years in 15 minutes, but we're going to give it a run, you know? So we're going to unpack it here. But what I want us to see, so we're on the scene here, and then God says it's not good for Adam to be alone. So he gives him Eve. He gives him woman, right? So what's going on in the garden? I want to give you a little background on what, what happens, who we're dealing with, the enemy. Lucifer, Satan, right? I want to give you a little background because sometimes we think, uh, when talking to people, they think that Satan is, uh, you know, a little cartoon character with a little pitchfork. I'm going to take some biblical descriptions. I'm going to let you guys write some of these down for further study, but I want to just read some of the stuff that I, I did in my study. So the Bible defines Satan as an angelic being who fell from his position in heaven due to sin and is now completely opposed to God. All his power, all his energy is trying to oppose The things of God. Now, guess what? If we're a child of God, guess what? He wants to come against us, but we still got the victory, all right? Satan was created as a holy angel. I'm going to give you some things to write down for further study, okay? Isaiah 14, 12 is going to talk more about that, okay? 14, 12. Ezekiel 28, 12 through 14 describes Satan as having been created one of the most beautiful angels and had the highest call on his life, okay? Some studies said he was a worship leader. But what happened was... His heart was filled with pride. And we know that pride is devastating to us, right? Because what he wanted to do, Satan's pride led him to his fall. And he wants to continue. He was trying to elevate himself over God's throne, right? He says, you know, I'll raise myself up to sit on that throne. I'm gonna give you a couple more scriptures. Can't get enough of that, right? Isaiah 14, 13 and 14. Ezekiel 28, 15. 1 Timothy 3, 6, okay? And then we'll come on back down here. This is what was going on. Satan began to rule over this world when the guy kicked him out, all right? He says, hey, look, this this is it. He threw him out. You know, a lot of times we think that he just stepped out. No, he was thrown out, okay? So this is what we want to see here. I want to give you some names of the enemy and see if that doesn't describe him well. He's an accuser, a tempter, a deceiver, which we're really going to look at in Genesis 3. And his very name means... Adversary, or one who opposes. Another one is titled is Devil, right? That's what we're talking about today. The fiery darts of the devil, listen to this, means slanderer. Slanderer, okay? So I'm, I'm just kind of building the scene, building momentum of what's going on. Like I said, a lot of times we just get a snapshot of what we see people doing at a Halloween party. So I want to get, give you the biblical reference of what's going on here so we can guard against his attacks, okay? It goes on down here. I wrote down in my notes, it said, even though he was cast out of heaven, he still seeks to elevate his throne above God. Isn't that amazing? He counterfeits all that God does. That's important. We're going to talk about that. Hoping to gain the worship of the world and encourage opposition of God's kingdom. Satan will do anything and everything in his power to oppose God and those who follow him. But I got some good news for you his destiny is sealed. As an turning in the lake of fire, That's Revelation 20:10. So I just want to kind of set the stage so we're all on the same sheet. So everybody say amen if you're doing good. Amen. All right, I love it. Well, let's take a look at some of the fingerprints of the devil. This is I thought, how can we unpack this thing? And everybody's got their notes. And we picked out like five things that we saw studying through Genesis. And we see over and over and over that the enemy tries to use against us to gain access into, to, into our lives, right? We see doubt, right? These are the calling cards of the devil. Discouragement. Diversion. And the last two, defeat and delay. And so, like I said, so many times we think when we look back at Genesis or I've talked to different people and said, man, I can't believe Adam and Eve. Well, you know, what I want to show us is so many times that we saw God out quicker than that. So many times we get tempted. So many times we see doubt and discouragement come in our life. So what I want to do is kind of identify some of those things and then jump back in and show us how we're going to counter it. All right. So let's go to the word of God to see what the Lord has to say about this. Okay. Satan loves to twist the word of God. And this is Genesis chapter three. I'm going to read a little bit from that. Okay. If you've got your Bibles, you can read along there. If not, we've got it on the screen. Okay. <laughs> The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. Okay, I want you to see something here. Satan entered into the serpent, okay? And he goes here and he says, One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, You must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, if you go back in, in, in the early part of Genesis, God didn't say exactly that. She's already twisting the word of God. I just want to show you what happens when we start deviating, okay? Let's keep on going. There we go. Verse four says, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw... Listen to what it said. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they were suddenly and they suddenly felt the shame of their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Right there, I think this started a lot. Of the problem. And I want you guys to take a look at this. I really believe this is probably where the first domestic squabble started, right here. If you look at this, (laughs) we got a picture of Adam and Eve with all their leaves out there, and it says, Will you please pick up your clothes? Just a little side note. Just a little side note, guys. All right, let's jump back into it. But, you know, what does he want to do? And we're going to kind of break this down verse by verse and talk a little bit about it. If you've got your note, uh, note cards, please fill in these things and, and review these things, guys. Keep them in your Bible. Pull back and look at them from time to time. Continue to gain momentum in our stand with God, all right? So what do we see here? Doubt makes you question God's word. See, when we start finding ourselves questioning God's word, we really, really, really are starting to get out in some, some thin ice. It's not bad to have questions, but we need to settle in our heart that God's word is true. Amen. We second guess his character. We start second guessing God's character. We want to question and second guess God's word. Is it really true? Is it accurate? Is it reliable? Do I really trust it? See all those those arrows, those darts coming for your mind. Did he really say that? Did he really say that? You see, with your own life, I bet you can put yourself up against that backdrop right there in many things, in many decisions that we make, in many things that we do. It's the same whisper of the enemy. Speaking those lies, those fiery darts. Let's take a look at this. He has to doubt his love, his motives, and his best for us. I'm going to tell you what, if we start doing that, all we need to do is pull our minds back and focus on the backdrop of the cross. Amen? When we start seeing that if we got any question about his love, look at the cross, right? If we got any uh, question about his motives, look at the cross. And if we got any questions about his best, look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now let's go ahead and unpack this a little bit more. When we're in verse one, he says, did God really say, isn't that something? You see that on the playground. You see that at home. You see it in different. Did God really say you must not eat the fruit From any of the trees in the garden. He's setting them up with doubt. He's throwing that fiery dart. Okay. What else? Let's jump down to verse 4. What does he say? Oh man. I'll put it in uh, Buck Road Trace. Oh man that ain't going to happen man. Come on. Huh? Have you ever been with your buddies? And they tell you that? Train wreck is a coming. I'm going to tell you. I know when I grew up they said. Come on man. Let's just hang out. You know, we build forts and stuff in the woods and stuff. I have no idea to this day why every time we built a fort in the summer, 140, we had to build a fire. I don't know why. Come on, man. We got to build a fire. And, you know, it started out real cool, you know, until it got too close to our fort. Then it's not good. And then we're going, oh, there's no cell phones. There's no nothing. And do not throw pine needles on the fire to make it snuff out. Man, that stuff will burn your eyebrows, man. Especially if you ain't about 11 years old doing this stuff. And it all started out, come on, man. Right? Same old thing. He does that all the time. And that was just a real life story. For some of my friends, I was doing something else at the time. I was running home. That's what I was doing. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? There's the lie. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat. And you will be like God. Well, You know what? Let's reel back a little bit. In Genesis 1, 26. This is what the Bible says. Then God said, this is in creating man. He said, then God said, let us make our man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over. I want you to see this. We have dominion. Let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. See, when we step into doubt, we leave faith behind. That's a good word right there. When we step into doubt, we leave faith behind. And guess what comes next? Discouragement is soon to follow, right? You see how that builds, how he builds and starts just isolating you away from the things of God? Let's take a look at this. Discouragement makes us look at our problems instead of God's promises. If it's something you hear every time we get together, I'm talking about the promises of God, who we are in Christ. I always want us to know that. You know why? So we can combat... Against the enemy's attack. So we can keep that full armor of God on. So when the enemy comes up, we don't need to have a conversation. We say, get behind me. I know you're lying. Keep on trucking. That's not who God says I am. The Bible defines who we are in him. Amen? All right. Let's keep on rolling here. Satan tempts us with the bait. Then when we take it, he uses guilt, fear, and insecurity to paralyze us. You ever notice how fear paralyzes us? It just, it, just, it just lays down on us, man, and we just shut it down. Something else I want to look at this from this fiery dart is a major deal that, God, that, that Satan tries to do against God's children, all right? Discouragement starts to breed depression. Loss of self-worth. Guilt. And these two things we're going to talk about. Inferiority and Insecurity. And see, that's what happens. It starts bringing things in our life to a grind and hope because we get paralyzed because we bought the lie. It's the truth. We just buy that lie. And some of the, two of the biggest things I see, guys, as working through this, two of the deepest roots that take hold in our life when the enemy starts trying to really get us off track is this, inferiority and insecurity. That's exactly what was going on in the garden, right? Did God really say that? Was God keeping something good from him? No. Was God really... Was, 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 he'd start questioning again. Man, she's felt like, man, I feel insecure now because I feel like that relationship, something's going on there. She's listening to the wrong voice. She's not aligning with the Lord, right? But you think about that in your life while we're talking here. The things in your life, when, when you feel like that, why is it that we feel like that? It's because doubt has set in, discouragement has set in, and then those deep roots... Of inferiority and insecurity dig down deep. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't think that's true, you know what? You counsel quite a few people over the last 13 to 14 years and you see some of the scars that they're still dealing with even now. But I'm here to tell you that God will break you free from that, amen? I'm here to tell you, you don't have to live like that. I'm here to tell you that God is for you and I'm going to give you some verses for that, all right? So let's take a look at this. Something to write down in your notes. Psalm 34, 2. The psalmist says here, he says, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. You say, man, you, you give me a lot of information. but well, I'm going to give you some information to make transformation in your life. And that is the word of God. Amen. That's what he's talking about. He said, if you feel helpless, take heart in the Lord. He's on your side. He is for you. He's given his very best for you, to you. And God, if you've called upon the name of the Lord, he lives in you. You remember when we were talking, I'm going to just bring this back here. Genesis one i I'm going to go back to this because he says this. He says, let us make man in our image, our likeness, and let them rule over. And he starts spelling it out. See, a lot of times we don't think we're ruling over things. We think things are ruling us. But you know what? If we take proper position of who we are in Christ, you watch how things start falling in line. You watch how when we have the full armor of God, that it, it will distinguish all the fiery darts of the devil. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you something else to write down, right? I'm going to give you, I'm kind of balancing this thing out. You're hearing what's going on. How do we combat it? Hear what's going on? How do we combat it? Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Don't give in. Keep looking up. Keep pressing in. And watch how God will use your faithfulness to bless you and others and pull you through, all right? Don't give up. Don't give in. Very important right here. If y'all don't hear anything else, don't let anyone or anything define you other than the Word of God. The only thing that can really define you correctly is the Word of God. He created you. The Bible's our manual. So if we put our faith and trust in that and we look who God says we are, then that's who we are. We need to settle that fact. You say, well, I don't feel like it. Well, guess what? Let your faith align with that and you will feel like it in time. Okay? goes on down here to say if we continue on walking away from the things of God we are going to be bathing in this discouragement I'm sorry guys discouragement but what happens is as we continue to fight these things with the full armor of God speaking the word of God trusting the word of God fellowshipping with other believers you watch what can happen But here's another, here's another snare that he tries to get us right Diversion, right? Everybody say diversion. Make sure you're still with me. Diversion, good. Y'all doing great. The enemy loves to divert us, right? He loves to divert us from God's plan. See, because if he can just get you off mark just a little bit, you you, you won't make it to the other side. Look at this. Okay, if I line up on that door and I'm walking to that door and I just take one step over, I just took one step. Now I'm gonna sit on David's lap. You know. And what I'm saying is we don't realize that just a little off the course, just a little off the course, just a little off the course. You know, that's why that GPS, right, is so important. It's says turn here, 300 foot turn here. That GPS, right, we make adjustments as we go, right? Sometimes in our life as we walk, this Christian walk, right? We need to make adjustments, course corrections in our life. I want to tell you if you're here today and you feel like God's speaking to you to make a course correction, you can do it today. Right. So don't let the diversions of the devil rob you from God's best and God's plan in your life. What else does he does? He's he offers nothing but a cheap imitation through deception and fraud. I got to tell you a story here. I was really debating on telling the story, but I'm going to come clean. Me and my I'm going to get a drink of water on this. All right. I got to do. Mm. You guys are awesome, man. I love that. You got it down. Years ago, me and my buddy had a, a, a business of doing deliveries. And we delivered like, oh man, for three of the mattress discounter stores. I mean, I toted mattresses upstairs, downstairs, in basements, up and down, all this stuff. One of the things that I found that I needed a lot of was Mountain Dew and Reese cups. That seemed to get me through, man. I tell you what. So my buddy pulled in through, I said, man, I got, I can't go. On. I said, look, I got, you want something? No, I'm all right. So I go in there, man, and I get that Mountain Dew. And I get, I got the four-pack. I mean, I can eat them babies down like nothing. So I come back out and I see my buddy talking to a guy on the side of the car. And the guy has this little bag and stuff. And, and I see the guy leave. And I get in there and I go, hey, what's that all about? And he goes, hey, man, check this necklace out. I mean, this necklace was shiny, man. It was nice. I said, man, where'd you it? He said, man, that dude's selling them over there. He said, 20 bucks. That's 20 bucks. Now the signal ought to go off. That's probably stolen or it's not good, but guess what? I go, I want one, right? So I said, man, where's he at? Oh, the guy, the salesperson that's running behind the 7-Eleven. Is probably not the guy to go to for your jewelry, but you know what? You want something for nothing. You bought the lie. I'm looking at this cheap invitation, right? So I said, hey, pull up beside him. And the guy sees us and what does he do? You figure if he's a businessman, he goes, go, hey, can I help you? He was running, the guy was running, I said, cut him off, cut him off. Right? I cannot believe this. So I'm looking at it, I go, man, you got problems when I was thinking this today. So I'm going, and we're running beside the guy's going, what? I said, hey, man, can I get one of those necklaces? He goes, what? He goes, yeah. Stops. I said, uh, I said so let me see what you got. He said, I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> hey, would you like a bracelet too? Uh-huh. I bought the bracelet and the necklace, right? So I was dating this young lady at the time. I was going to really impress her. So she's, I'm working. I said, hey, baby, look what I got for you. She said, oh, that's beautiful. I said, yeah, let me put that right there. oh, that's good. Here, oh, one for your wrist, right? Let me tell you, man. In about a week, I was scrubbing that girl's neck and her arm, it had turned green all around here, man. I said, oh, my gosh, the woman's doing moldy on me, right? And she says, uh, where did you get that jewelry? I said, it was a friend of Earl's. As a friend of Earl, I would not tell her that I chased a man down behind a 7-Eleven and paid cold cash for some, some green jewelry, right? But I'm smart then, right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking on my feet. I said, have you been in that pool again? Yeah. I said, you know, it's probably bad pool chemicals. I said, give me that so I'm just going to throw it away. Oh, you don't got to throw it away. I'm just going to throw it away. <laughs> got that stuff out of there. But you know what? I bought the lie. The cheap imitation, all right? Now, if any of y'all ever did that, Wives, close your eyes. Husbands, raise your hand if that's been you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Just want to throw that in. That's a real life story, man. So I tell you what. <laughs> Whew, we got to watch what's going on there. I'm going to get back on the regular thing here. It's a detour to a dead end resulting in death. That's what happens when he wants to put us on a diversion. He doesn't just want to make you late for, late for church. He wants to keep you from studying God's word. He wants to keep you from fellowshipping with other believers. He wants to just continue to edge you out of God's will. All right? So many things here. He wants our focus on anything that will weaken our faith. That's a good thing to write down and you know. He wants our focus on anything that will weaken your faith. So you get your eyes on something. You got to watch what you put your eyes on. What happened to Eve? She got her eyes on the fruit, man. And everything else went out the window. What happened to me? I got my belly full with some Reese's Cups and my eyes on that gold cheap, imitation necklace, and I couldn't see nothing else but that, man. Chased the man down. $20 cash, man. Come on. And I told her, I said, he likes me better. I, I said, how come you didn't get a bracelet? <laughs> Oh, my goodness, man. I never did ask him did his wife's neck turn green, but uh, I never said nothing about that. But, man, that's tough stuff, isn't it? You know what? He's a counterfeit. You know, it's really easy to see when we have it against a backdrop of something like I told you about the necklace as crazy that is. But it's really no different than what we deal with every day. You know what? He wants you to settle for less than God's best. And I'm begging you, don't do it. I'm talking to me first. Because you know what? When we do that, man, you know that must break God's heart to see us settle for something less than his best. Because it cost him his best, right? It really did. This is what I want to talk about. I'm going to give you a scripture about our eyes, right? Take a look at this. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of flesh... The lust of eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but by the, of the world. See, what happens is before you know you start gravitating to that. Your eyes get on something. Have you ever been a kid? You know, and you go by that cereal aisle and you see this, this amazing little thing that goes, "Who?" You know, so, I gotta have it. You don't eat what we got you last time. Oh, I'll eat it this time. I'll get it this time. Please, can we get that? Uh, let's talk about it. And you go in and you just keep gravitating back to the box. Going back to the box, you know, and you finally get in and you wear your parents down and you get this thing, you know, they put like seven dollars for a box of cereal and, and give you like a trinket. It's kind of like when you go um, to, to some of the parks and stuff, you know, and you're trying to throw the, the darts and things like that. And you throw your arm out. And you spent seventeen fifty and you get a, a, a dollar store thing. Same thing the counterfeit, man. But what I want to say is what happens is we start gravitating to that. You know what? What would happen if we put our eyes on the Lord? What would happen if we kept our eyes in the word of God? And then when we lift that up, we apply it in our life. We apply it in our family. You know, it's a great opportunity coming up. You know, it seems like to me that during Thanksgiving and the holidays, a lot of the hearts are a little bit softer of people. Let's be that family. Let's be that church that reaches them right where they are. So, you know, next week's going to be a great opportunity to bring folks in. Just to see, we do it a little different here. But something that we don't compromise is on the truth of God's word and giving you the pieces of the puzzle so that you can go against everything that Satan has to determine uh, just distraction in our life, all right? Before we know it, we gravitate to things because our eyes are on that. Remember we said this many times, what you behold is what you become. Are you beholding the face of the Lord? Are you seeking after God, all right? Another thing we had down here I want to talk about It's a detour to a dead end resulting in death, okay? Death of relationships, death of fellowship. Just fill in the blank. But what I want you to know is this, that God is a restorer of those things. See, I'm telling you what can happen. I'm telling you what does happen. But I want you to also know that God is still on the throne. I want you to still know that God is in the mending business. We were talking to somebody, a friend of mine, talking to me last night. And, and there was a friend of theirs that had a really bad uh, doctor uh, visit and things weren't really going good. And she said, but you know what? We still believe in miracles, don't we? I said, yes, we do. And we're going to stand on that. We're not going to just focus on the problem. We're going to lift it up to the Lord and allow God to move in that situation. So when we start buying into those things... And we see that he's a counterfeit. Guess what happens next? We start feeling defeated, don't we? Anybody ever felt defeated? Just wore out, man. Like just crashed over by the waves over and over and over. Don't don't, don't, don't shut down on me now. This is an uplifting message. You see me? Let's see. What did he talk about? Doubt, discouragement, diversion, and defeat. No. Good news is coming, baby. Here we go. Makes you feel like a failure so you don't even try. You know that? You ever see that with your, with your kids or maybe when you were growing up? I don't even want to go back to the baseball team. They never throw it to me. I never get a hit. You start feeling all these things, you know how you don't measure up. But you know what? You won't measure up unless you stay in the game. Let's stay in the game with God, all right? Many say it doesn't matter anymore. Man, That breaks my heart when I see young folks and there's a lot of stuff going on. I talked to some some college kids over the weekend and they were talking about how tough it is to find jobs. We went and got something from Texas Roadhouse yesterday and it was a young fellow there and he he goes to college and stuff. And he says, man, he says, "Uh, I've got a couple more years and things are going good here. And I said, I said, how do you like the job? He goes, it's a job. It's not a career. However, he says, I've got friends that's already graduated and they're coming to me for a job. He says, things just aren't the same. You know, and it would be real easy for people to say it just doesn't matter anymore because of what's going on out there, the climate of the world and things, what's happening. But I'm going to tell you what, if we keep pressing in, keep looking up, God will make a way out of no way. Amen. We walk away from God and into defeat. You ever notice that we walk away from God and we're into defeat. See, if we're walking to God and we have things happen, you know what? God will just use them as a ramp. Right. See, they, the, 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 the devil wants to use it as a speed bump to trip you up. God said, you just keep your eyes on me. I'll, I'll just elevate you to the next thing. Step right on over. Get out the boat. Keep on rolling. Keep on rolling. That doesn't mean we don't ever have problems. It means we're not going through them alone. I'm going to tell you what. I love asking people, especially that's been a, walking with the Lord a long time. I used to say, how many people here have been you know, Christians for 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years? And go on as, as high as we could go. And I said, has the Lord ever let you down? And they go... No. Matter of fact, what they usually said, you know, I've walked away from him a few times, but he's always taking me back. Isn't that good to know? You got people, there was a lady that I went to church with. She played the piano. Just man, the lady spoke into my life. What a wonderful lady. And she was telling me, man, one time, she said, son, let me tell you. She said, the Lord will never let you down. Now we read that. But when you take that from somebody, see? let me tell you guys, we need to be listening to our elders and having respect for that, you don't see that all the time anymore. It just blows my mind. I wasn't raised like that, you know. I see somebody coming up. I see somebody going, they need a doorman. I'm going back and try to help them out, you know. I want to be that mirror of Christ to them. And I'm not holding my hand out. I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to make it a little bit better for them. But you know what? I want to hit on this thing right here. So many times that the that, that elders have a lot to bring to the table. You know, when I know when I'm talking to my sons, I say, hey, man, I didn't wake up 46 years old. I know they don't really want to hear that, but I didn't wake up 46 years old. In other words, I've been through some of these things and I've choose poorly and I've choose good. And I'm going to tell you what, let's keep walking with the Lord. But a lot of times they just get overwhelmed. We all can get overwhelmed. And what happens is we walk away from God and into defeat. I'll say, keep your eyes on the prize. Amen. Never lose hope. Never lose hope. That sounds so easy to say. Man, we watched some football games over the last couple of days. Man, if them guys would have lost hope, they'd have had a long ride home on the bus, but they kept pressing in. I've seen a couple of games turned around like that. You know what? How much more is the journey that you're walking for Jesus? Keep pressing in. Keep looking up. Never lose hope. It's not over until God says it's over. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? I just love that. You know, everybody else, I, I tell you, I got to throw this in there too. Got a little time to watch my clock. I remember waiting for this job that I had, that, I, that I've got now. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that job. But to get that job, I had to work part-time. And part-time means you come when I call. I thought maybe 20 hours a week. No, I might work one day and I'd be off for two weeks. I might be work two weeks. I'd be off for a day. But I knew if I kept pressing in, I could never make the money and have the security in a job in that short a time, you know. Because they said, you know, probably in about a year things will probably turn around for you. We gotta, gotta do this if you just hold on. You know what my friends were telling? I Man, you ain't got a job yet. <laughs> my friends. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just waiting for it to come through. Man, you probably make more money if you just did this right here for minimum wage. I said, maybe so, man, but I'm trusting that it's gonna all come through. Right? And it was long, man. It was long. But you know what? You know what happened, man? This is so good. This is so good. This is not in the notes. I had guys I work with say, hey man, how you doing? I said, good. How many days you worked this week? Just one. You know, I've been thinking about taking off. Wow. Take off, get another day, paid. Yes, these are not the folks that you think are going to help you out. That's what just blows me away, man. You want to see tears of my eyes when I see people that just do things. Because God put it on your heart. And some of these guys said, well, you know what? If he's going to give you a day, I'll give you a day. Man, next thing you know, I'm working three or four days a week. Something else going on there. You know what? Then the boss don't even call me. The guys call me directly. You see what's going on? You see what's happening? And then my friends, guess what? so-called friend when I did get on full-time to go oh I guess you you're something now right <laughs> no I held the course brother I held the course don't be mad at me now you know but isn't it funny sometimes when, when we're doing things I don't know what it is it seems like so many times our so-called friends I'm here for you I'm here for you man. Yeah, I can't man. believe you're doing that and then you, when you held the rope and you pressed into what God has and you come through the other side you're thinking gonna go, man that's awesome to go oh yeah you know what? There's some people you can never satisfy. And I'm going to tell you what. When we're looking for satisfaction, press in to the promises of God. When you're looking for things like that, you're never going to get them from somebody else. You're never going to get them from the world. You're only going to get them from the word. And you're only going to get them from the Lord. Amen? So that's a little side note and a good place to say amen. It's not over until God says it's over. Aren't you glad? Amen. amen. Man, this is one right here. I'm going to pick up some speed. Don't procrastinate. It gives Satan the upper hand. So many times if he could just get you off a little bit I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow talk to young folks what do you think about this you give them the whole gospel message hey you know would you like to make a decision for Christ today I mean what would keep you from giving your life to the Lord today and they go man I had a guy tell me this he says you know buddy I really appreciate what you believe and I know you really believe that he said but I'm young and I want to do what I want to do and later on I'll do do that but thanks for your time you know what I told him I say, you ever read a newspaper? Yeah. I see a lot of young people dying in there too, isn't it? You don't know if you're going to have tomorrow. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to educate you so that you know that you have all the pieces of the puzzle so that you can make a good decision. Amen? So you know what? That's what happens so many times. We Oh, I'll get it later. All right? Moving on to that. Right. so many times, procrastination. And what happens then? He loves when we delay. I'm going to pick up a little steam right here, guys. There's some good things I want to share here. Satan's plan is to, to delay and stop us at every opportunity. He wants to delay our time with God. So we don't realize that until we start breaking it down. And I want to kind of pinpoint, I want, to, I want to really push on your spirit in a couple of areas there. He wants to delay in our time with God. Think about how much time you spent with God this week. Don't raise your hand, don't look at your clock. Just think about how much time you spent with the Lord this week. And hopefully, i am keep throwing this out there, hopefully you're journaling. What I mean by that is spending time with God, sitting down, writing some things down that God's laying on your heart. Five minutes. Have we done five minutes? Don't raise your hand. I'm just asking. You. Think about that. In all that time through 24 hours, can you give God five minutes? Just saying. All right. Here we go. In our, in- in our intimacy with God. Because you say, yeah, man, I read a little bit. Did this. Okay, God. Man, you know, I got to go to the store. You know, I got to do this. You know, I got to pick up this. I got to run down here. Blah, 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 blah. Fill in the blank. But you know what? If he can delay you from the intimacy with God. Because that's ultimately that's time. Because if you got a good friend and you don't spend time with your good friend, they probably won't continue to be your good friend because they don't feel like that's a priority. Aren't you glad that God doesn't see it that way? Aren't you glad that God's still got His arms out? Aren't you glad that God's still making time for you? Aren't you glad that He's always listening for His children to return? Amen? Fellowship with others. Man, here's one. A lot of times people, I, I talk to guys as we were playing the church and stuff, they say, well, you know, attendance starts dropping off in the summertime. I was like, wow, people don't need Jesus in the summertime. <laughs> What's up? You know, <laughs> they go, well, you know, but you know what? We didn't really see that, you know, because you know what? If we keep things exciting and we keep praying and seeing what God's doing, God's going to bring them in. Right. We, we, we're, just not the, you know, we're just not the nine to five Christian shack. OK, we're, we're, we're on this thing all the time. All right. And so if you need prayer, or you need things like that. I, I know I, I'm the only brother Chapman in the book. You can call me. And I do my very best to, to, to answer the phone. There's other folks who'd be glad to pray with you and stuff. But I'm going to tell you about being available. It takes time to be in fellowship with other folks. Because why? Because it's a relationship, and relationships take time, don't they? Everybody's married ought to say amen. amen. Everybody wants to get married ought to say amen. You do what? <laughs> <laughs> you say, do what? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Right on time. I'm going to keep pressing on that one, man. That's a good word. Oh, man, I love you guys. This is great. All right, what else do he want to delay us on? Worship, prayer, decision, salvation, repenting, transformation, and making adjustments, talking about that course correction. Here's a big one. He wants to delay us in forgiving others and ultimately in receiving forgiveness. Man, sometimes i got to tell myself, you just need to receive the forgiveness. You repent, you turn, you do this, and go, ah, ah. Man, you can't do that. If you've got your heart muscle clenched to the things of God, what's going to happen? Boop, boop. The word of God will come up there, bounce right off, bounce right off. But if we allow the word of God to till our hearts so that it remains moldable, right? And that seed of God goes in there, guess what? You're going to start seeing some fruit in your life. Amen? Amen, amen. Let's take a look at this. Delaying is the first step to disobedience. And that's a Buddy Chapman quote. And I thought about that. So many times when we start buying into that, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just do it the next day. If somebody tells you to do something now and you don't do it, it's disobedience, right? So many times. How many blessings do we miss by not moving when God says, I got this for you? Speak to that person. Give to that person. Pray with that person. Smile at that person. Sometimes it's that simple. I really believe that. So man, I just hope today as we look at some of these things, we don't allow our hearts to get weary and weak, right? And start getting callous and cold and coarse. But we allow our hearts to be molded and not delay on the things that God has for us. Delaying is giving a deaf ear to what you know you need to do. I'm going to read that again. Delaying is giving a deaf ear to what you know you need to do. I don't know what it is that you need to do today. I don't know what it is that God's been working in your life today. But I believe that there's something in this message for everybody. And it may be different for you than me. It may be different for her than him. But I want to tell you what. There's no way that we can sit here and speak the word of God to a receptive heart. And some type of transformation that need to be done. Are we willing to do that? Amen. Don't delay what God has for you today. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you a scripture with that. Maybe it's, before I give you that, I want, I want to share this with you. Maybe it's Satan's trying to get you to delay on sharing your faith with your neighbor. Maybe it's he wants you to delay on inviting somebody to church. Definitely don't do it next week because we got plenty of food. Teasing, teasing. Or maybe he wants you to delay on giving your life to Christ today. And I'm saying, don't do it. Don't 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 buy the lie. Don't delay. Whatever it is that God has for you, you have an opportunity here today to receive that. We're here to pray with you, pray for you, pray for your family your friends. And it doesn't just end here. I say it many, many weeks. The service starts when we leave here. We come in here to get charged up. But when we leave, we want to serve each other. We want to serve the Lord. And we don't want to delay on what God's given us to do. I'm going to give you one more verse here. Psalm 119.60 right? The psalmist says, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. My prayer today is that we tune our hearts to what God has for us today. Let me pray for you. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity, Lord. And we see so many things, Lord, today as we go back through the doubt how Satan tries to to just uh, move our motives and God's best out of our minds and, and trick us with the Forbidden fruit. We see how discouragement comes in and starts breeding loss of self-worth. The diversion is just a detour to death, Lord. We see so many times when we feel like we're defeated, that we just want to walk away. Sometimes we even want to walk away from you, Lord. I pray that's not the way things go today. I pray that we walk into you. That we press into you. And today, Lord, we saw how delay just gives the upper hand to Satan and we refuse to give him the upper hand. So, friends, I just ask you today, as you're here, whatever God spoke to your heart, I pray, do not delay whatever that is. Um, we always, always make it a point to give you an opportunity to respond to what God's doing. If you're here today and you say, buddy, God's pulling on my heart that, you know, I need to make make my, my, my stand for Christ. If that's you today, I'll tell you what, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. We want you to know what it takes to have a personal relationship with Christ. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the day, we will be saved. If that's your prayer today, pray it, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, today I am yours and you are mine. And if you're here today and you say, man, it's just been a rough week. It's a rough time coming up, buddy. I I'm just. I, I know there's things I've been putting off. Can you stand with me on that in prayer? Yes, we can. So we want to stand with you right here in prayer. And just agree that God has a remedy for everything that Satan tries to throw with us. Father, we thank you that you are the real thing. No counterfeit. Lord, that we have dominion in you. We have authority in you over all that you've put on this earth. Father, let us walk in the fullness today, Lord, of what you have. And when those fiery darts come this week, Lord... Help us combat them by using your word, standing strong, not giving in and not giving up. And Lord, be with us as we go uh, the rest of this day and next week when we see how you show us to use the full armor of God that quenches the dart of every fiery dart that Satan tries to come against us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and we're going to sing off with a song.